And we're back. Episode 8, Back for Sports Podcast. It's Boy Fonz. And Carl. And we're going to go ahead and jump right into this. Little news in the NFL today. Julian Edelman of New England Patriots fame. Not only got cut, but a couple of hours later, he retired. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that one. <laughs> Me either. I feel like it's a little weird. I ain't never seen nothing like that before where a player get cut and then a few hours later he announces retirement. Mm-hmm. Even though on um, Pro Football Focus, they was already spectating that uh, Edelman was going to retire. Well, you know, he played a good career, 13, 13 years, I believe, mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. Most of the Super Bowl came from, well, all the Super Bowls is Tom Brady Palm Pro. Pretty much. And, um, you know, he announces, you know, his retirement. So, uh, you know, it's been a heck of a ride for him. He said he, he was going to ride the wheels till it fell off, and the wheels finally went off. So I, Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's that. Well, of course, he, he was hurt last year. And he had off-season knee surgery. So, I'm kind of wondering, like, if his knees were that bad? Probably so. I mean, you look at his role when Tom Brady was there. He was kind of like the dog of the offense where he kind of put his body out there on the line for some important catches that was (laughs) needed. You some know, critical lucky. games, you know. <laughs> some, um, some was highly lucky now. Man. And, you know, he had my utmost respect as oh, a receiver. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady, I don't now that's not <laughs> really, you know, downplay Edelman, but I don't really think he would be successful if Cam Newton, if he was healthy last year and had Cam Newton as a quarterback, I don't really think he would have did as much damage as he has been doing with uh Tom Brady. Tom mm-hmm. Brady can make anybody look good, technically. Yeah. Won't yeah. nobody really dig on him unless Tom Brady was his quarterback. Which, pretty, you know what I'm saying? Because he, he's a small guy. You know, he's physical. He has speed on him. You know, and this is before, of course, before his knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he, he just went out there and made the necessary catches, you know, for, you know, to, just to move the chains on, on, on the offense. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I always called him like the poor man's Wes Welker, you know. But now looking back on his career, I really feel like he has surpassed, exceeded Wes Welker. And it's not about stats or none of that, you know. Edelman got the hardware. Yeah, Edelman got that hardware. Like the Super Bowl was Wes Welker in. really in the same system as Edelman though. They was both. I mean, when he was, I'm not gonna say identical, but they were similar. Like they both short, mm-hmm. they both played the exact same position. Mm-hmm. It's just that Edelman got the edge on them because of the simple fact that hardware there. Like in Super Bowls, where Welker was a member of the Patriots, uh, it, <laughs> it, it didn't pan out like that. No, <laughs> thanks no. to the New York Giants. Yeah, <laughs> but thank God for them. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean, you know. That is what it is. So, Julian Edelman, you know, I ain't going to say Hall of Famer, but I can't say Hall of Very Good. Hall of Very Good. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Got a big event coming up, and that is the 2021 NFL Draft. Mm-hmm. 
This is this, this, this draft is a little different. And last year was different, you know, because you know Roger Goodell called the picks from his basement, and they didn't have the live thing and everything like that. But this one is a little different because Please. they're not having no combine this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, like picking your hand and. Then- in a treasure box with your eyes closed, you don't know what you're gonna grab. It's like you either go pick up a toy boat <laughs> or a sharp I mean, needle. The, you know, the highlights and everything is there, mm-hmm. but like you know, the highlights really don't tell the full set, the full story. Excuse me, right? Of a, of a player, you know, somebody can always you know highlights are going to be highlights. Right. You're going to expect the highlight to be a highlight of you know the the. Players, uh, best play or best move, best tackle, whatever. Most definitely. You know, so, but it doesn't tell you how that player is going to be for the whole entire season, mm-hmm. whether this player is consistent, inconsistent, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to yeah. see. I, I do believe the NFL still does have enough information to draft these players, obviously. Right, they didn't. Because they still have pro days. But, you know, uh, it is difficult. But you know that's that's where as an owner as an organization, uh, you lean on your scouts to mm-hmm. you know know these things about these players that you know they inform you about to um, possibly draft. Right. But see, my my take on it is I really feel like that it's going to be business as usual for the simple fact that the combine the combine is overrated because there's been countless players. That have had terrible combines, go on to have great careers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the only things they really look at at the combine is the, the forty time, forty the vertical the vertical jump, how much you can bench press. Yeah. Uh, depends I mean, on what position. Depends really. on what position. Yeah. And of course, throwing for the quarterbacks. Oh yeah. And not every quarterback is really invited to the combine. Yeah. So, is I can't call it a. You know what? A valid measure of talent. I really think the NFL combine, for the ones that is invited to it, mm-hmm. is more of, hey, we think this guy is a top prospect in the draft. Right. We're going to let him showcase his talent. You know, it, it's, it's really pretty much, it's like eye candy, basically. Pretty something much. for you to really pretty get much. your hopes up for, for your team to draft. And that's not saying that the people that go up there isn't talented or mm-hmm. isn't worthy of being up there, but it's, you know, like you said, it's tons of people that, uh, of players that has, you know, not been to the combine or was drafted late in the sixth, seventh round of the draft. And, or went undrafted. And, and undrafted uh, rookies and all that stuff. And you know, became Hall of Famers throughout their career. You know, I can name tons of them, right. you know, but, uh, you know, the NFL Combine is, you know, it's prone for the ones that they think is going to make noise in yeah. the NFL. I think it's more or less for the ones that's projected to be first-rounders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, first-rounders, yeah. They're really yeah. not really too big on the second and third-rounders. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. The second, I really think that, your the meat of your talent comes in day two. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, first rounder is just the, it's like the superstar player at college. Like for instance, yeah, you got and, the number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars got the number one pick. They always and, got the freaking number. Is he the Dem or the Browns? Is he the Dem or the Browns or the Dolphins? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think the Dolphins ever had number one. But anyway, close to it. They they got the number one and. 
the overwhelming consensus is Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Now, if memory serves me correct, Trevor Lawrence was kind of hurt. No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't an injury. It was an injury. It was COVID. He was out for COVID. But dude got a chip under his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Dude beat the Almighty Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not so many college quarterbacks that you know transferred well to the NFL can say, "I took down Alabama." And you know what? If if you really look at it, you know how many first rounders really make noise in the NFL. As like, far as quarterback? As far as any position, like, you know. They're far and few between. Don't get me wrong. There's some that's, like, not out of the park. But let's let, let's use an example. I'm, I'm going to use the control variable. Baker Mayfield. He was number one overall, right? Uh, I was going to go Johnny Manziel. Wasn't he number one overall, too? <laughs> nah, he, he slid down to, like, the 20s. Because I think Cleveland had, like, uh, two first rounders that year. Yeah, he, was, he was still big, even at that position. Right. Everybody, but and, go ahead with and the thing, But the thing is, let's, let's, let's go to Manziel real quick. Then we can go to Baker. In college, I did watch a little bit of Manziel because I had to see what the hype was about. Dude was balling in college. He had Mike Evans to throw to. Mm-hmm. Dude was balling in college. I really feel like he should not have went to Cleveland at that time. Nobody needs to go to Cleveland. That's great, bro. He shouldn't have went to Cleveland <laughs> at that time. Yeah. For the simple fact that Cleveland was so in flux. You know, they ran through like six head coaches in like three years or something like that. Horrible. And, you know, they, that was just horrible. They was on that losing streak. And, yeah. You know, it, that's it was, why, like, yeah. their success last year was like, hey, we made the playoffs for the first time in X amount of years. Like, woohoo, Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> we ain't going to go there. No. I ain't going to open up an old one. No. But, um, like with Johnny Manziel, it, I mean, I was a fan of Johnny Manziel. Don't get me wrong. I like how he played, I like his attitude. But, he let the image of not Johnny Manziel, because they gave him a nickname. They called him Johnny Football. He let the image take over. Now, granted, he was a wild boy in college, but because the rules are different for college players as opposed to pro players. Why? Because college players ain't getting no money. They should. They, yeah, they should. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, they're supposed to be coming back with a new NCAA football game in the upcoming future. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. But um, they don't get money. So And then, too, he was balling. When he was at Texas A&M, he was balling. Yeah. And so the rules were, like, bent for him. Yeah, of course. And yeah. then this coach he had at the time, I think, was Kevin Summerlin. You know, he was more of that player's coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you got the AD in your that athletic director in your ear. You got the president of the university. So in college, they get revenue off these guys. Yeah. TV deals and, you know, merchandise deals. Mm-hmm. And so that's generating money for, for the college. Yeah. So of course, it's not generating money. Money makers. Exactly. Yeah. And so NFL, they don't really care about that. They they're don't gonna care. They're going to make money regardless. They like, dude, I'm paying you hundreds of millions of dollars. Do what I tell you to do. Yeah. You know, lots of bylaws in that contract yeah. that they signed. I want, I, you to, just, I want you to do this, and I want everybody that's listening to do this this year, NFL. Yes, look at the games, but listen to the interviews. They're so scripted. They don't let these players be themselves. Like, for instance, let's say Susie Colbert come as uh, 
Well, Maquan, how did you will the team back in the fourth quarter? Well, um, we did this and we did that. You know, big ups to my players. They, you can't. You ain't gonna find a quarterback to say, "Man, that defense was trash." Man, we just mollywhopped them. Yeah, you're not yeah. gonna find that. Nope. That's like my biggest fault with the NFL. I mean, yeah, be humble. I get that, but at the same time, football is a man sport. And my thing is, if you can't take the heat, stay out the kitchen. Well, I I feel like you know if, if you know the NFL is paying paying these players, you know, millions and millions of dollars, yeah. so. Like I said, it's a lot of bylaws, mm-hmm. you know, to these contracts. And I, I'm not going to lie. If, if I was paying somebody a million dollars, and this is just an example. If I was mm-hmm. paying somebody a million dollars to represent my franchise, I would want that player to, you know, yeah, that, not be so blunt about his, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I Of, of course, they're going to crave an image out for these players because the money that they're putting into them mm-hmm. and then the money that they're making off of them. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's what I was getting ready to You know what I'm saying? They, they're not going to, first, they're not going to allow you to, especially if you're a star, they really, you know, they try to, most of the time they, they cover up a lot of the players' flaws mm. because they're making so much money off of them. So they're not going to allow you to look crazy even though they, they, right. they know you got some problems, but they're not going to allow you to do that on national television. You exactly. Know? But here's my spin on this, and, and I want you to just hear me out for a second. Alright, you got Johnny Manziel. Okay. Then you got Baker Mayfield, who, in my opinion, has the same type of bravado as Johnny Manziel, minus all the drinking. Think about it. Consider this. When he was, at, he was still at Oklahoma, I forget who they were playing. I think it was either it had it been a rivalry game. I want to say either Texas or Ohio State. Somebody that's big. And when they won, Baker went and got the school flag and stuck it in the middle of that field. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So Baker got those same tendencies. He's just like a toned down version. And then two, if you want to compare apples to apples, Baker's a better quarterback than Johnny Manziel. I just don't like him in Cleveland because I'm a Raven fan. I like I likes nothing about Cleveland. Well, you know, neither one of us likes Cleveland. <laughs> I don't really think too many people like Cleveland, even if they're not even in AOC North. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I remember what happened back in 1995. Hmm? I remember. I lived it. I didn't like it. But at the same time, it's been 25 years. You got your football team back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But let's move on from that. But like I said, Baker has that same bravado. He got that same attitude that Johnny Manziel had. The thing about it is, like I said, he's more polished as a quarterback. He's more of a pro-style quarterback. His coach, I don't know. I forget oh, the name see. of his coach in college, but they work with him. See, the thing is, Johnny Manziel didn't stay out of trouble enough for us to really see him actually yeah. play throughout a season. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe as with the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when um, I believe it was playing against the Redskins. And he stuck his middle finger up. Yeah, and, yeah. I remember it was a preseason out. game. I remember. I believe that was like, that was it for the NFL as far as like, okay, we had enough of this guy. Yeah. But 
You know, you know, Baker is okay. I'm, I'm still not too big on him. I'm not, I'm not I, saying I really he's think, the greatest. I'm not no, saying he's the greatest. No, I'm not saying he's but greatest. he's better than Manziel. I can't say he's better than Manziel because we didn't see him play throughout the season. But you got to think. Like, but then you got to consider this too. The only the great the best defense that Manziel played against in college was Alabama. Alabama was the most pro ready team. Yeah, in NFL that conference. Ready team. Uh-huh. Okay, you get to the NFL. You are a 21-year-old person just coming into your adulthood. You're playing against 30-somethings. Yeah, men. And, and playing against grown men. Yeah. In a faster game. And Manziel was not ready. He wasn't ready physically, nor was he ready mentally. No, he wasn't. But that's but why I, that's that's why I say Baker has a leg up on Manziel. Because, I mean, yeah, Cleveland was trash. We can't. I mean, can, but can, we, agree, can we agree that Manziel didn't stay out of trouble enough for us to really? Oh, I'll I give you that. I Trust me, I'll give you that. Because Manziel, even when he got to the NFL, he got in trouble. Yeah, so, I mean, That's if, if, I had more, if I had more, if I actually could see him play maybe a few more games. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, I only seen Manziel play only a few times. <laughs> and then the guy just went, like, vacant out, out along the NFL. But was he like, did go to Canada for a minute. Because the CFL is the closest thing to the NFL. I do know he was good at running the football himself. Yeah. That's about the only thing I know he as played, far as. He played, I think he started against the Ravens no. one year. And, and if but, it wasn't for an offensive goof-up, they did. They ran this gadget play. The, the play was good. I ain't even gonna front. Left. Man, that was wide open. All the running back had to do with those but here, balls. But here's, here's my question, though, and we kind of got stuck on this Browns thing, but it's yeah. it, it, it's kind of interesting because it's really making my stomach what, hurt. What do you think Baker Mayfield would have been successful with the team that Johnny Manziel came in with? Because no. technically, man, but hey, they, Baker Mayfield is actually a lucky guy. How he came to have, in the, he came to lead with Hugh Jackson. Yeah, but I'm talking about as far as the team that he had around him now? already established. <laughs> but they already they was already working on that when Hugh yeah. Jackson was there. They had got Odell, Jarvis Landry, Duncan, Kareem Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb. Um, you know, and I, and I get what you're saying. I David McGuanquay. Um, I mean, not McGuanquay. McGuanquay. Um, yeah. uh, well, how do you pronounce Njoku his name? McGuanquay. Um, you know. Decent offensive line, and you got Miles Garrett on the other side. You got a Denzel Ward. I mean, hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, he he came into something. But think about it. Let's say I buy you a brand new car. I buy you that Camaro you want, pearl white, beautiful, current model. But the engine is messed up. The engine got a knock in it. That's tough. Let's translate that over to football. You can have the greatest team ever, but if your head coach is not apt enough to do what he need to do to get the get the pieces together and then make the machine work, it's not going to come out right. Yeah. So that's when when the Browns fire Hugh Jackson, <laughs> which I think was so petty. And Hugh got hired by Marvin Lewis, the Cincinnati, and the game against the Browns. Because <laughs> what happened, 
Hugh Draft was started to ride Taylor over him. And what happened was, it, it was funny to me. Baker made a play, looked at the sideline, looked directly at Hugh Jackson and grabbed his crotch. I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, Cuddy. And that's why I say he has that attitude. And that's why I could, I could honestly say once that system changed, they got the pieces together, but when that system ain't right, it ain't going to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, hmm. it is what it is, right? Yeah, it is what it is. Um, Other news, back to the draft, we got caught up in talking about these Cleveland Bums. I mean, Cleveland Browns, I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody knows the name Mel Kuyper. He is considered the draft guru. And I'm looking on ESPN+. Plus. He did this on March 23rd. This is his third mock draft for the first round. Of course, the number one overall pick is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Now. Let's stop at the number two pick because the Jets got the number two pick, right? You know they traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Mm, big one. They <laughs> got he got them taking the quarterback Zach Wilson from BYU. Mm. I didn't watch a lot of BYU like that, mm-hmm. but from what I'm hearing on TV and as well as reading about him, pretty decent player. Of course, Carolina. He got Carolina like. Trading with the Dolphins for the number three pick. Okay. But he didn't say who they taking. So my guess is they taking a pass catcher. That ain't good. <laughs> That's my guess. Now, there's a tight end from Florida. His name is Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. The boy tough, man. <laughs> the brother is tough. Now, it's projected. It was projected in other media that Kyle Pitts might have been going to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. But according to Mel Kuyper, which I think is going to be a big one, the Atlanta Falcons is projected to select the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you know, Matt Ryan, in, in football years, he's getting kind of long in the tooth. You know, so I can see that happening. So, so let me let me stop on Matt Ryan. <laughs> Why does Matt Ryan get so much credit? For that's what I want to know. Everybody, I think he won. He won a league MVP one time. Yeah, he won a league MVP when he played the Patriots in Super Bowl. That was like that was the year three years ago. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, it's the most devastating Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life. Man, the second most devastating Super Bowl I've ever seen in well, my life. For my my worst Super Bowls that I ever watched would have to be the Dongon Patriots and the Seahawks first. Yeah, I remember watching yeah. that game. I remember uh, thinking that Seahawks was going to win because they was at the half yard line. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know my second worst would be uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they had the Pay 28 by 20, what, about 23, 24 points? Mm-hmm. And they came all the way back and beat him. But, you know, Matt Ryan, here's the thing about Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. He is overrated. <laughs> the reason why I say that is, to me, this man supposed to have 
way, <laughs> way, way, way back. He's supposed to have at least three. This guy at least <laughs> supposed to have at least two rings. At least. I gave him an extra one for GP. Just for the simple fact. This man <laughs> had Julio Jones. Come on, man. Uh, Roddy White. Mm-hmm. Dong on Michael Turner. Tony G. I mean... And caught Tony Gonzalez in his prime. I mean, he was a blessed man. Because Tony Gonzalez, his prime stayed until he retired. And they, and their defense wasn't that bad either. No. You know, and... They weren't they great, but they weren't bad. I mean, you know, they need to find a replacement for Matt Ryan just because... Now, don't get me wrong. You know, the guy can, the guy can throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just seen him in some close games. You know, I didn't watch a little bit of Matt Ryan, but I'm not too big on him as far. You know, at one point, he was really getting all the attention at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, they were saying that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, to me, that's he's like. That's because he had Roddy White, Julio Jones in 2011, Tony G. They did. I would pick Matt Ryan at, like, he's <laughs> uh, at least top 15. I don't even give him that. Maybe. Maybe top fifteen. I can't top give him that. Uh, I can't. I don't know about Matt Ryan, buddy. And you know his numbers have been good a few years. He had now mm-hmm. his statistics have been right, but look at what he has. What had? And, and look about. And consider this: How many losing seasons has he have had since he was starting quarterback? A lot. Uh huh. To a very little, right? And you know, I really don't like the head coach and quarterback relationship between. Um, I can't even remember the coach's name. I oh, can he, see his face. I'm looking at him right now. They fired him. I'm pretty not now with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Oh, um, he, he fired. They, he's the Cowboys' defensive coordinator now. Yeah, see, you know, I, I didn't really like their relationship. It it didn't seem like it was uh, a mutual thing between those two. And you know, they they really mm-hmm. didn't have too much success together. I uh, like the I like the coach that he had before Dan Quinn though. I think his name was Mike Smith. Hmm. Yeah, Matt Ryan is a little overrated. Yeah. I, I can't take away from his deep ball, you know, and, you know, he has had some sparks here and there. But <laughs> when you got Julio Jones on your team for as long as he's been up there, and I'm kind of disappointed that um, he's still up there because yeah. it's, it's a complete – Waste of talent, yo. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, like, and I know this from experience, just from being a Stiller fan. Like, we had AB, and we didn't have now. Mike Tomlin isn't known for any losing seasons, yeah. But you know, at the same time, we had AB, we killed people, and this man had Julio Jones, who was a six five beast with speed and his physical, who was a go getter at the ball. Now mm-hmm. he didn't have a few injuries now. But, you know, in his prime, yo, trying to, man, Julio Jones is a walking Hall of Fame wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And he has zero chips or hasn't even been close to a Super Bowl. Except for once. I'm and I'm they I'm blew I'm it. No, huh? he's he, he been close twice. He's been close twice. I give him that. First time was in 2012. After the 2012 season, they played the 49ers for the championship game. And, of course, he appeared. In that Super Bowl debacle, um, 
I could go through the whole first round, but I'm gonna skip down to the teams that matter the most on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that matter the most on the podcast. And <laughs> hey, what team is that? Well, I'm gonna start with the arch rival Pittsburgh Steelers. There you go. They long gun. Look, point the gun. I got a point. At least I ain't shooting. Wait a Yes. Go ahead, man. All right, Mel Kiper has y'all projected to take a take a tackle. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Uh, no. He started off the blurb by saying the Steelers have serious salary cap issues, which means they've had some tough losses in free agency and haven't added any players from other teams just yet. We don't do that anyways. We really don't. <laughs> they did retain wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, they could still, back, still bring back Alejandro Villanueva. <laughs> Did yeah. I say it right? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> it was hard, wasn't it? What was tough, man? Yeah. Who was unsigned? Yeah. Which, I, which I think is a big surprise. Like, as of today, he's still a free agent. Like, yeah, man, we don't have we don't have the moolah right now. No no more. I'd, but he says this, I would still address the offensive line. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Matt, you got to tackle Matt Fielder, left in free agency, and center Marquise Pouncey retired. So, basically... I really agree with picking a tackle, but not in the first round. Nope. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. I'll wait two to three. Huh? I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. See, we're going to go down there. We're going to go down there, Giannis, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get that running back called, I believe it's Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Y'all had yeah. a Najee on that team years ago. I think it was Najee Davenport. I think y'all had somebody. See, see, see I, I like Najee Harris because, you know, if we reconstruct that offensive line like we've been doing, because we have been signing a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of defensive linemen, and corners, we get that offensive line together. We we draft uh, Najee um, Harris from Alabama, mm-hmm. who is you know a strong type, like basically like a James Conner with speed. Okay, that can hit the hole. Yeah. Now James Conner. You know, <laughs> um, you know, James Conner is a power back. He's not an every down back, but he's not durable. I, I never, never understood why we let Bell go for Conner. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we got too caught up in the storyline that James mm-hmm. Conner brought with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, I give the utmost respect, and I respect the fact that he beat cancer. Who you know, which is a life threatening. It's an amazing know, diagnosis. You know, but. That has nothing to do with on-field play. He had, like, one good season, and the rest of his seasons was full of injuries or inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely time for us to get a running back. we definitely going to get a running back. I don't see us really drafting an offensive line until, like, the second, third round. Mm-hmm. Then I got us going running back, offensive lineman, Quarterback in the third round. We are going to draft the quarterback in the third round. That's what I feel like we need to. Oh, my. Now, even though this thing with we need to draft the quarterback now to replace Ben, uh, not too big on that because there is another draft <laughs> after this season. I mean, until he's here you know, for a year, you know. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like he's signed like a six-week contract where, mm-hmm. you know, the first six-week of football, we're going to need another quarterback. No, this man, you know, Lord forbid, if he get hurt, don't, you know, knock on wood. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
He is here for another year. Why drive the quarterback when, you know, we got another draft? Uh, even though I do feel like we're going to draft the quarterback this season, I mean, this year, just because, you know, the quarterback class is kind of heavy between, you know, it's, it's really an offensive draft. Yeah. If you really look at it, it's heavy on or wide outs, running backs, quarterbacks. Really but haven't it, heard it, too much yeah. about the corners and the and the defense yeah. alignment or whatever. It's really been heavy on the wide outs, like, quarterback on the on the three pieces like, that you need, yeah. you know, for a franchise. Like the only corner of note I've heard about was Patrick Sertain Jr. Yeah. Um. But other than that, we'll skip on down to the twenty seventh pick. Mel Kiper has my Baltimore Ravens. Taking Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. I'm going to tell you why that's not going to happen. It makes too much sense. <laughs> you ever heard the phrase, it's too much like right? Mm, I never heard that phrase before. You know, when something <laughs> makes too much sense, it's too much like right. Like, you got to. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I would love for that to happen. And then you got some other draft boards have him going to the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. That's neither here nor there. Um, and he pretty much echoed what I said. He said, this is my third mock draft, and he had Marshall to the Ravens in all three, which pretty much guarantees that they were going another direction. Yeah, I, I agree. It makes too much sense, though. Lamar Jackson needs a wide receiver who can line up on the outside and run every route. I've been saying that for the past three years. That's how Jackson can take that leap forward in year four. Marshall had 10 scores and averaged 15.2 yards per catch last season. He had 13 touchdowns while catching passes from Joe Burrow in 2019 on the way to a national championship. So, I really don't see Eric DaCosta pulling the trigger on the receiver in the first round. But, like I said, I will wholeheartedly welcome it. Well, here, here's an interesting thing about the first round that I just, you know, looked at. Mm-hmm. The first four uh, picks is the Jags, the Jets, mm-hmm. the 49ers, and the Falcons. Mm-hmm. All four of those teams that I just named are in desperate need of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough quarterbacks in this draft for, for it's only like like Trevor Lawrence. Rather than that, I mean, uh, I've been hearing his name, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson. Um, that's the only quarterback I didn't heard about, and and that mm-hmm. was a mock draft for the Steelers to draft in in the third round. But you know, it's 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 interesting to see. You know, it's going to be a lot of running backs and receivers that's going to drop down late. In the first round, mm. oh yeah, just exactly. because of the simple fact, it's a lot of teams right now that are in desperate need of a quarterback right. in the first. And there's going to be a lot of teams pulling the trigger in, on certain things that you know. Yeah, because you know, okay, so you got the Jags that need a quarterback, Jets, 49ers, Falcons, and you know Cincinnati. They didn't finally found there. They're going to put their face in, in, in Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Miami need a quarterback. Mm. Uh, Ooh. I'm really not too Ooh. big on this left hand throwing quarterback. Uh, yeah, Toa. I mean, hey, you know they they put you in they put you in the season late. <laughs> they decided to do that. That's because they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, you know, I mean, <laughs> six weeks, you good? <laughs> yeah, six weeks. 
but I'm really not too big. I, I, I still feel like, I mean, I could, I, I could be wrong, but I'm really not too big on Toa, man. And I mean, it sound good, but I mean, this is first year. You got, yeah, it was first you year. Give him a little rug, you uh, know, the dance Lions. Song. No, they just got, um, they just got Jared Goff, mm. Carolina quarterback, um, Broncos quarterback. Well, no, they might be still big on this Drew Locke person. Um, mm. But yeah, for the first few, for those first few picks, you know, they're going to really be either aiming at um, the quarterback situation or the offensive line. And they got some of these the, these teams uh, drafting corners mm-hmm. too. So it's going to be a lot of receivers, man, because it's, like I said, it's, it's really deep on receivers and, and running backs. It's going to be a lot of Talent still lingering, right? Even even leaking into the second round. So, you know, April twenty ninth. Yeah, it's, mu- it's, it's gonna be must see TV, and I'm going to be front and center because I need. To, I like to see the first rounds. The other rounds, you know, I don't watch them. I might watch part of round two, but I always know. watch the first two rounds because, to be honest, the draft is actually very long. <laughs> um, <laughs> it take up a whole set. I mean, it's it takes watch up all day. Truthfully, I really don't care who draft who until the doggone Steelers get ready to draft. <laughs> and that's not that's how I feel. Like, and yeah. it, you know, it's not nothing against anybody else. It's just when it come down to it, when September come, I'm not going to be wearing all 32 teams. I'm going to be wearing one team. <laughs> It's but, gonna be yellow and black, <laughs> but for the sake of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. For the sake, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I was thinking about, and you know, y'all hit us up and and tell me how y'all feel about this, and I think it's gonna be kind of long. I was thinking about kind of doing a live for the first round of the draft. Hmm. <sighs> Even though it's gonna take about two and a half hours, close three. It was gonna be about three. I don't know. Three and a half. But uh, y'all definitely hit us up, man, and, and let us know uh, if you would like for us to broadcast the first round. Don't leave the first round because I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be sitting in front of the <laughs> microphone <laughs> for no eight, nine hours. But we can at least give y'all the first round of the draft, man. Mm-hmm. We'll sit here. We'll give our opinions on who's being drafted, and hopefully our team's pick. You know what's best for business. Steelers, you know you need to run back. But anyways, Raiders, uh, you know you need to ride receiver. <laughs> but you know, uh, y'all hit us up, man. That's the only thing we have. Yeah, we we gonna go and shut it down, man. And next time you hear from us, it's gonna be draft night. So back with Sports Podcast, it's your boy Fonz and Quan, and we out. <laughs>